Today we wrap up the final step in this three-part mini-series on how to get started on your house project and we talk about site constraints. The site constraints will not only guide you on what and where you can build, but they can also result in some creative solutions. Hi, this is Chris from N3 Architects and thank you for tuning in to the Home Design Academy podcast. I'm a licensed architect and I'm here to help your average homeowner understand the complexities of design and construction so that they can make better decisions when they build or remodel their house. And now on to the show. Most often, the constraints of the site deal with the legal aspects of building as set forth within your municipality's zoning ordinance. Most cities in town have their zoning online, but if not, you can pick up a copy at your local town hall, either in the clerk's office or in the building inspector's office. Before you get into analyzing the site constraints, I should mention right here that you should already have a survey of your property. I should also note that the plot plan that may be on file with the city or town or the plot plan that you received as part of your mortgage closing is not adequate and cannot be used for designing and planning your house or building. If you do not have a survey and you're at this stage in designing your house, stop what you're doing and go hire a surveyor right now. The survey should show property lines, adjacent streets, trees and vegetation, grading at one foot intervals, and any above ground or below ground utilities. It should also show any easements that may be running through your property, any wetlands areas, wetland setbacks, and any other item that is of concern. If you're working with an architect, and I sure hope that you are, make sure that you get a digital CAD version of the survey so that your architect can use this CAD file to lay out the location of your your house along with all the, the constraints outlined in the zoning ordinance. Let's talk through some of the normal constraints that you may encounter. First off is setbacks. This is the big one, the easy one. Unless you're in an urban environment, you will most likely have setbacks for your property. If you can picture your property line on the front sides and rear, the setbacks are how close you can build to those lines. So oftentimes you'll have a larger front yard setback. Let's say your front yard setback is 40 feet. That means not from the street edge, but from the property line. You can't build anything within 40 feet of that line. Same thing with the side and the rear yards. Oftentimes, you're only restricted by building permanent structures with foundations outside of the setbacks. And in many communities, decks, porches, and sheds, and that sort of thing, can be located within the setback area. But make sure you check with your local building inspector if you have any questions. In some communities, you may find that the front yard setback is not given as a measurement, but is listed as no closer than the adjacent structures to either side. It's recommended that you look over the zoning requirements in your town before you hire a surveyor, as they may have to extend out their survey work to document the houses and structures on either side of your lot. Next, I want to talk about easements. Some properties may have legal easements running through them. An easement is a legal boundary that even though it's on your property, you are not allowed to build within. An easement can be from a utility company, such as if you have power lines running through your property, or they can be from your city and town for access to areas behind your property that the town may own. 
Hopefully, if you're purchasing land, you know of any easements on the property before you make your purchase. If not, please check with your local town clerk or the utility company. The easements should also be clearly marked on your survey and need to be known before any of the design work begins. You do not want your architect or your plan designer, or even if you're picking out plans from an online resource, you do not want to go down the road in designing your house and and laying out your floor plan only to find out that you encroach within easements or even setbacks. So you got to make sure that you have that survey. You got to make sure that all this stuff is clearly marked down. And what happens if you build in an easement area, either by accident or by negligence? Well, I hate to say it that at some point in the future, you may be asked to demolish all or part of your structure at your cost. And I can tell you, I've had conversations with some people who choose to ignore easements and to build within them. But I got to say, even though it's on your property, that is a fight you are going to lose and it will end up costing you money. So the best thing to do is to do things correctly and work around any and all easements on your property. The next thing we're going to talk about is building height. The zoning ordinance will also determine and will tell you the height of the building, both in number of stories and a measurement above grade. You always need to go back, though, and read through the definitions of each city and town zoning ordinance, usually chapter two, to determine how they measure building height. Because some places measure to the uppermost point of the roof, others measure to the midpoint of the roof. Flat roofs are usually measured to the top of the wall or the parapet, but I've seen other towns that have completely different measurements altogether. So do yourself a favor, read through those definitions and make sure you and your architect and your contractor have an understanding on where that building height is measured to. Buildable area or floor to area ratio is another big one. The buildable area is the ratio or the percentage of the area of the footprint of your building as compared to the area of the site. So let's say if you if the, the buildable area is no more than 50% of the site, well, then you take the area of the site, divide it by the area of the footprint of your building. If that's more than 50%, then you're going to need to reduce the size of your house. Just like with setbacks, usually decks and porches don't count, but you need to check. When it comes to landscaping, depending on the zoning district and the type of project, there may be landscaping requirements, there may be screening requirements, and there may be buffer zones. So again, another thing to check on. Impervious surfaces, there will be an allowable percentage of impervious surfaces that you are allowed to have. This will be the area of the footprint of your building plus any driveways, sidewalks, parking areas, patios, etc. If your lot is adjacent to any wetlands or rivers or lakes, it will be subject to additional setbacks. I wanted to talk a little bit about utilities. If you're going to have a septic system, you need to do a percolation test to determine how quickly the waters are absorbed into the soil. And this percolation test and the layout of your site will determine where on the site you can place the septic system plus the reserve area. And this is also going to limit and determine the area of the site that you can actually build upon. If you're on city sewer, you're going to need to know the location of the sewer and the depth in the street. And this is going to help you lay out the plumbing in your house. For your water, if you're on a public water system, same thing as city sewer, you need to know the locations and the depth. If you're going to have a well, much like a septic system, there'll be locations on the site where you can install the well, which will further limit where you can build your house. Electric, cable, telephone, is it above ground? Is it below ground? 
for above ground services when you're designing your house you can think on how to best hide the the wires and the and the the meters so they're not visible from your primary view Stormwater management is the management of rainwater where this water flows to as it rains. And this also has to do with the proper grading of your site. First things first, you want to make sure that your grade slopes down away from your house on all sides. So the water is flowing away from your house and away from your basement. You also cannot dump the stormwater back onto the city road. You also cannot dump the stormwater onto your neighbor's properties. And for larger developments with larger areas of impervious surfaces, such as big parking lots, you're usually going to need some sort of stormwater retention. Grading as a constraint goes further, though, than just diverting stormwater. If you're working on a project that requires complete accessibility or universal access, you'll be limited to the slope of the grade of the parking areas and the sidewalks. So it was a quick episode today talking about site constraints, zoning ordinances, utilities, and grading, and all these things that put constraints on the design of your house or building. Remember, though, constraints will usually result in creative solutions. So that concludes this three-part mini-series on how to get started with your project. First, we looked at performance programming. Then we looked at site design opportunities. And now we looked at site constraints. After you've completed these three exercises, you should have a very good idea on what you want to build, where you want to build it, and how you want to use your house and site, and where you're allowed and where you're not allowed to build. Just remember, you can email your questions to me, or you can go to speakpipe.com slash homedesignacademy, where you can very easily, with one click above a button, record a quick audio file that's sent directly to my inbox and I can answer this question on the podcast. So that's speakpipe.com slash home design academy. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Home Design Academy podcast. I hope you've enjoyed yourself and learned something along the way. Make sure to like, subscribe, and leave a review. If you'd like to have your question answered on the Ask an Architect segment, please send an email to hda.n3architect at gmail.com. That's hda.n3architect at gmail.com. Visit n3architecture.com for all the show notes and other useful information. Tune into the next episode. Thank you and goodbye.